the only way a goal is going to be worthy is if it's something you really want and you don't know how to get it. Like if you know how to get it, there's no growth attached to it. If you watched a movie and the main character knew how he was going to get whatever he's going to get at the end, it would be boring. Same thing for us. If you set a goal and you already have this map out of how you're going to get it, it's not the right goal for you. You're going to quit as soon as things get hard. There's no inspiration in that. So it's really about using your imagination and setting a goal that excites you because that excitement is what gets you through the hard times. And you have to have that. Hello, and welcome to the Happier Here podcast. In this show, we talk about tools, techniques, and ideas to help us live more fulfilling lives. In this show, we have Melissa Jirovec, who is a mindset strategist with her Prosperity Unleashed. Um, she helps to motivate individuals and organizations with burning desires to reach their most elusive personal and professional goals. It's kind of hard to wrap up everything that you do <laughs> into a little summary, so I'm not even going to try. You do have a book that you're co-authoring that you're coming out with that we were talking about called the Wellness Universe Guide to Complete Self-Care, 25 Tools for Stress Relief. And the idea there is that you and 25 other professionals in the wellness and self-improvement and, and that space have told a little bit about yourself and, and added tools to this. So that's a very interesting concept, I think, besides just everyone has their own books, but to compile all of that, especially around the idea of stress relief in a time like this is really important. So thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Let's start off. We'll, we'll circle back into some of the other details. I want to ask you a little bit about how you got into uh, Prosperity Unleashed to begin with, where, where that came from, and maybe some more about what you do with that brand and that business. But Let's talk about the book first. How did this come about and what's your role in, in the book? Sure. So um, in my line of work, um, I set a lot of goals. And that's because in order for me to help people with their goals, I have to be applying all the principles that I'm utilizing. So one of my goals for this year was to be part of a book project. And lo and behold, a week later, um, I got an opportunity to apply for one. So... What was really cool about this collaborative project was that it was a book on the subject of stress and they wanted 25 people with a different way of working through stress, providing a different tool, people from different disciplines, people from different backgrounds. And they wanted to compile this and they wanted it to be a quick project. So we all came together by the end of August and by November 11th, it's gonna be out. So it was very quick. We had from like the third week of August to the beginning of September to have our chapter written. Everybody had the chapter written and the series is actually going to work like that. So right now they just ended the applications for the second book and it's going to continue that way. Um, me specifically, I was really excited about this because a lot of the, the typical ways of relieving stress that we know about generally. So, you know, massage and that kind of stuff was going to already people were going to be applying for those kind of tools to demonstrate those and for me i wanted to come at it with something very different from a mindset perspective since that's what i do so my tool is about making decisions so to make effective decisions and kind of two different things to consider so that when you make decisions um, you're not stuck in indecision, which is actually a huge cause of stress for a great many people. A lot of people don't know how to make decisions or, or avoid them completely. 
I can relate to that. You know, I have so many practices that are typically considered stress relief practice. I'm a pretty avid meditator. Um, and, and when I'm kind of in that flow state and, and remember to be in, in, remember to be mindful, uh, the stress is not as obvious, but a lot of times where it starts to come up is when I have to make a decision where I have to, I have to get out of the present moment because I have to plan for something. And that is a, a definitely a major roadblock that I continue to come up against. Um, I don't think I figured out a, a perfect decision making process at all uh, yet. So are you able to share a little bit more about what that looks like? I think one of the biggest problems with making decisions is that people spend too much time on the process of making decisions. So they do things like weighing pros and cons. You know, that's like, so you have to try to guess what's going to happen. And that's going to sway what you're going to do right now. Like if you actually think about that, it doesn't make any sense. Because you can't guess the future. You don't know yeah. what good things can come of your decision and you don't know what bad things can come of your decision and you can't try to predict it. Either you want to do something or you don't. So the the two things that I share in the book, just to give you a vague idea, is I share that one, you have to know where you're going. So what is your vision? What are your ultimate goals? Like, where's your life going? What is it that you want? And when you know that, then you know what to invest your time, money and energy in. And if you don't know where you're going, you can't make decisions because you have no idea if it's going to serve you. You're stuck. Right. Yeah. A lot of the, uh, an impactful thing that has helped me is doing like vision boarding um, and, and really going beyond just like, I want to achieve this specific, like I want to, like at one point I was like, I want to make a movie before I'm 25. And then I did that. And then it was like, well, what else? <laughs> Because <laughs> I hadn't thought about the other parts of my life. I hadn't thought about, you know, that was a creative project. I didn't really have money in mind. So I hadn't thought about money. Um, and uh, through some coaches, I've, I've, I've learned to be a little more holistic in my visioning of the future. And also, I think it's important, and I, you may disagree with me on this, but to be somewhat flexible uh, in that my, what I, my vision for the future today uh, six months from now, things might have changed and it's okay to make adjustments to that. But as long as you still have a direction that you're going in, that helps a lot. Well, I think that's the definition of being successful. So a lot of people kind of envision success as having a lot of money, having a lot of things, that kind of thing. But success is really moving forward. But the most effective individual is able to pivot. So they'll set a date. They'll say by February, I'm going to re reach this goal. But that date can change. If it has to change, they don't get hung up on it. They pivot. Okay, now we have to go this way because that didn't work out. We set a new date. And so I think what you said is just really key. Having a goal, having deadlines, but being flexible to adapt to the change that is inevitable in life. And it's people who are able to pivot in times of change and reevaluate and continue to take action that are, that are ultimately going to thrive. Yeah. And that's the thing is the action matters. Like you can sit and, I, you know, I've, I've realized this through my own reflection, but also obviously the advice is everywhere. But it's once you experientially start to realize it, it's more powerful of you can sit and plan and think and worry all day and nothing's going to happen. Things actually things are going to happen. It's just you're not going to have an influence on them because you're not taking any action. And the, the act of acting and interacting with the universe, a lot of people talk about the law of attraction uh, and I'm sure you have some thoughts on that to me to allow the universe to move in a direction that 
you're desiring or, or allow it to unfold and your experience with it to unfold, you have to be interacting with it. Uh, and it's those interactions that unfold Absolutely. in a certain way. And I mean, the law of attraction is a secondary law. So it's, it's really a reaction. So it, the primary law, which is about what you're putting out and what you're doing. So you really want to focus more on what you're putting out, what you're doing, and the attraction comes from that. So there needs to be kind of a shift in, in focus and a little bit more accountability, I think, because it takes so much more, like you said, than just asking and hoping for and wanting. Um, you have to take action and you have to you have to be proactive. Yeah. And that's where, you know, a sense of fulfillment comes from, too. Like you're not going to feel very fulfilled just sitting around like wondering and wishing it's when you're, like you said, a successful life is, I like that, that that definition is when you're in movement, when you're moving towards something, when you're moving forward, because it's that, it's those actions, even if they don't have the uh, exact outcomes that you expect them to, you can still feel good about having taken action. And hopefully something that, you know, is taken with a positive vibration, <laughs> a, a positive, you know, mindset. Absolutely. And there's this fear of, of failure. There's such a fear of failure when in reality, you, you kind of have to fail your way to success. Like that's the way it works. Everybody who has done really great things failed a whole bunch of times beforehand. It's the people who resist failure that never gain achievement. There's, you know, if you're not achieving things like we are goal achieving organisms, that is what we are. Like a lot of people go into retirement and they don't know what to do with themselves because there's no goal anymore, right? We have to have a goal. And so if if you're not working towards something, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel dissatisfaction. You're going to feel stress and anxiety because you're not moving towards something. You're going to feel impatience and frustration and you're going to be zapped of all energy because it's inspiration and enthusiasm for what you're doing that gives you energy. You're going to be drained all the time. I think that that is a piece of why our societies are so much more depressed and in despair, because as we've become more comfortable and as we've invented things to take care of all of the like survival goals that we have, you know, like not starving uh, and, and those things, once those things are a little more abstract, even though, you know, we still have to work, we still have to make money so that we don't, uh, you know, end out, up out on the street and we don't end up starving. I think those I it's, we're so far removed from the actual goal of that that the natural human motivation system is kind of numbed because it's like well looking around I'm fine I have a roof over my head I have some uh, food in my fridge like I could do nothing for the next week and but then the body starts to like shut down and it starts to go into the, and then it's looking for something and that people turn to drugs and they turn to vegging out on Netflix or whatever to kind of not allow themselves to to deal with that feeling. And I, I don't think it's that people are aware that they're doing that. It's that they don't know what to do. So they just like do whatever kind of makes them feel good in the moment. And I think that if we were able to provide people in, in modern societies a little bit more sense of direction, not necessarily telling them what to do, but telling them how to just how to just like how to do <laughs> uh, whatever it is they want to do. Um, that's powerful and important work. Absolutely. And I, I kind of shared this on social media recently, and but I kind of shared that I, I'm a firm believer that when an 18 year old finishes high school, 
they should go into personal development before doing any other education. Like that should be the standard that you could almost make a grade 13 and do personal development and have a person figure out, okay, am I really self-conscious? Like, do I have poor self-esteem? Because if I have poor self-esteem, you can send me to school. You can teach me communication and how to do a presentation and how to put together my graphics and everything. But guess what? When I get in the workplace, I'm going to struggle with that. It doesn't matter how much education and knowledge you threw at me. If I don't have the confidence or the self-esteem to be able to actually utilize the tools I've been given, it doesn't, it doesn't serve me in any way. A lifestyle change and a goal would help motivate me, you know, because I, I, I'm not at the point where I need help, but I, I need something. We could, we could nip that in the bud before it becomes a serious issue and then educate people and then train people and watch what happens in the workplace when people have developed themselves and have reconnected and recreated themselves, which I think you have to do after, you know, you've been raised, you have to kind of recreate yourself a little bit and Mm -hmm. watch how that affects our productivity and our efficiency and our money-making capabilities. Yeah. It's crazy how productive people can be when they are, you know, motivated and they feel engaged with the work that they're doing. Anyone who's has had something that they've gotten to work on, maybe it's even a passion project. You haven't been able to do it for something that's financially uh, incentivized, but I think hopefully most people have experienced at least a little glimpse of that about how, like you just kind of get obsessed with something and then the work doesn't, it just kind of flows. And sometimes maybe it does feel like work. I don't like to like propose the idea that like, if you find something you love, you'll never feel like you have to work again. Like sometimes it does feel like work, but it feels meaningful and motivating. And when you get it done, you feel proud that you did that thing. We're supposed to work. Like we're supposed right. to work. It provides us with uh, fulfillment, but it also engages us, engages our creativity, engages our minds, and we need that. And we have a lot of people in the workforce who are spending a lot of their day staring at the clock, thinking about the next vacation, because they're not getting enough of the rest and fulfillment that they need to actually be engaged. And so what we, we need is we need employers who are going to start helping their employees be engaged. And that means you have to tune into what they need. That's going to help you. That is such a huge shift. And I see through a lot of the coaches that I know working with businesses, it seems like there's a, an increased awareness from companies that some companies, at least, that that's a need that to for your employees to be engaged, you have to be engaging with your employees. I mean, we need to really start this at the youth level. Yeah. Is, is the is the big goal is that we, we need to be starting this at the youth level so that we are raising young people who value themselves. Yeah, I, I've talked to, uh, about this on the podcast a few times. I really think that and you know, I don't think that I'm particularly qualified to tackle this problem, but I would support someone that did uh, that there needs to be within curriculum. We First of all, like our education system was not de- designed for the modern workplace at all. Uh, and we so we need to redesign that in general. It doesn't mean we have to get rid of schools. We just need to redesign the way that they work, which is a pretty monumental task. Uh, but part of that needs to be these personal development um, and individual skills classes um, of some sort. I don't know how that would look, but there's so many core pieces of like how to use your mind and how to how to use how to operate your your human uh meat suit (laughs) in a way that's 
yeah, we have that information. So why are we not teaching children and teenagers and young adults about it? I think it's because the mind is very misunderstood. So you can cut into a person's head and look at their brain, but you can't look at the mind. And so we very much struggle with things that we cannot see. Like we think in pictures, we can see things when we, when you look at things. So we have a hard time with the mind. And this is not something that anybody generally talks about. Like my parents didn't teach it to me and their parents didn't teach it to them. So it, it's difficult to break people out of the everyday busyness and say, you have these higher faculties of imagination and reason and will and you know all of this stuff that you can train yourself and it will help you and mm-hmm. not have a physical package of, of results to show for that. Do you think that the issue, the reason that hasn't caught on more, especially with in, in younger ages or in institutions, I guess, is because it's not... No, not everyone agrees on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we don't have a lot. There are not a lot of people who are persistent. There are not a lot of people who are disciplined. Those things are not mainstream. And so the idea that we could help people develop those skills, it it seems like a very big task, but it's not. Right. It's really not. It's about having the right information. So I think our educational systems are set up to throw as much information as we have at people without actually gauging. Like, so we give them exams to gauge their understanding. If a kid has been told they are bad at math, they're going to continue to be bad at math. It doesn't matter how hard they study. It doesn't matter if they understood the material. A kid who thinks they're going to be bad at math is going to be bad at math. And that's a self-esteem thing. And that's a paradigm thing. So it would almost be an ethical, a moral dilemma in that mind subconsciously if they were to do well, because they have the idea they're bad at math. Our educational system is not looking at all the reasons why a kid might get the result on that paper. And we're not teaching people how to take action. So you can have all the information and tools you want. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to use it. That doesn't mean you're going to act. And I think until yeah. we address that, um, you know, it, it's we have a bunch of people in the workforce who know all kinds of knowledge, who don't know how to commit to one path. So everybody says, I want to be a jack of all trades. I think that's the that's the best thing right now. And it's like, I think, and this is not the popular opinion, but I think it's because people have a hard time committing to one thing and it's actually seeing it through to the end. Yeah. I have that problem <laughs> and I'm aw- I, I've become more aware of it only within the last like year or two of like, you know, the people that I hire for specific things are all specialists in something, or at least it's, you know, maybe they haven't done it their whole life, but at least they've spent a year or two perfecting or getting very good at one thing. And it's like, I've always considered myself and, and, and kind of went through life as a generalist, learn a lot about a lot of things. It might be like pretty good at a lot of things, but like, what if I, dedicated that amount of energy in one space, even just for six months. Uh, and that's so hard to, to learn when you've spent, for me, 29 years of my life, just kind of going wherever my attention goes, which hasn't really worked out. I mean, in, in ways it's worked out fine, but like the moments that I've focused, like when I was making movies, when I was like 
this one project, I'm going to spend the next year and all of my extra time and energy that I'm not like at work, just trying to make money to get by is going to go into this project. That was the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life because there's problems that come up and it's like, you learn all of the things you don't know. You think, oh, I could make a movie. <laughs> you learn pretty quickly, but there's a lot of things going on there that you don't, you aren't aware of as like an outsider, even if some, even as someone who had an education in filmmaking, I didn't know a lot of the things that actually went into making a movie until we tried to make a few movies. But that by far was the most fulfilling thing that any project, you know, those are the, the fulfilling things. Because I think to your point that you said earlier, you kind of have a vision and you're moving towards it. Well, and that experience would have given you so much, not just in terms of filmmaking, but in terms of your mindset. So the project starts to lose sparkle after a while when things <clears> start to get hard. But that's how you develop persistence. And that's how you develop resilience. And that's how you develop discipline is sticking with it when it has lost its sparkle. So for example, I'm training for an Ironman triathlon. I started training in May. It's not until next May. And I'm getting to the point now where the excitement has wore off. It is not yeah. exciting anymore. <laughs> it's hard. And I'm having to work out, you know, one hour training for this sport and one hour training for this sport in the same day with the kids and the business and my husband who's got a disability and like, it's lost its sparkle, but I know that pushing through to the goal is going to give me such a mental toolbox that I'm going to be able to use later, that that's really more important than the race itself. How do you think in a broad stroke, I guess, people develop that kind of persistence and that discipline? Um, I think it's easier once you've once you've done it a few times where you can kind of say, oh, okay, like I see that there's going to be difficult things, but it's worth seeing through. But maybe if you're someone who has maybe done that, but isn't aware of it, wasn't self-aware at the time that that happened uh, or hasn't seen anything through uh, up until this point in their life. You got to set a worthy goal. So most people set goals that are in an A category that they think they can do so something they've done mm. before. So They'll say, I want a new truck. Well, they've bought a new truck before. They know how to do that. There's no growth attached to it. That's not going to give you anything except a new truck. You're not going to get anything out of it. Then they switch to something that they think is within their ability. So they'll say, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to buy a new house. I've never done that before. Okay. But once they start looking at the house, it's not what they want. It's what they think they can afford. There's no inspiration in that. The only way a goal is going to be worthy is if it's something you really want and you don't know how to get it. Like if you know how to get it, there's no growth attached to it. If you watched a movie and the main character knew how he was going to get whatever he's going to get at the end, it would be boring, right? Yeah. It's the same thing for us. If you set a goal and you already have this map out of how you're going to get it, it's not the right goal for you. You've already, like, that, you're going to quit as soon as things get hard. There's no inspiration in that. So it's really about using your imagination and setting a goal that excites you because that excitement is what gets you through the hard times. And you have to have that. So setting big goals that are scary that you don't know how to do and then taking action. And you don't have to have the whole picture. You just have to say, okay, where do I start today? Well, I could find somebody who's done this before. And, and, you know, and, and get their help and follow their social media. And, you know, what can I do to start now? 
you don't have to have the how figured out. In fact, if you haven't decided to do something, you sure as hell shouldn't be thinking about the how. You haven't decided to do it. Yeah, I think I, I've in the past gotten caught up in that of being like, okay, here's this big goal that I, I think that I'd like to achieve um, or I know that I, want, I would like to achieve. And then when I start, I for some reason had the idea that like I have to work backwards from that step by step and then I'll just know the roadmap and then all I have to do is execute on that roadmap. And always, especially when you're working backwards from the goal backwards, it's overwhelming. You like take a few steps back and you're like, I can't do that. And then and then you realize also, like, I don't even know how to get there. Uh, and you might kind of self-defeat yourself before you even get started. I mean, you trying to guess the path, that's exhausting and stressful <laughs> yeah. in itself, right? It's really about, okay, there's my big goal. It's exciting. I'm pumped up. What can I do right now? And in little steps, like it, like not yeah. how am I going to get there tomorrow, but like, what can I do? And we have the ability to come up with ideas mm-hmm. and we have the internet and we have resources and we have mentors and we have, you know, books and we have so much that we can utilize that you really have to make a decision first. And that's really how our minds work. Your mind does not help you solve a problem until you've decided to do something. So you're not going to come up with a how until you've made a committed decision to do it. The decision has to come first. And if the decision is no, then you don't need to worry about the how at all. Yeah, I think that that's important. <laughs> um, how do do people not kind of just constantly come up with new ideas of things that they want to do and just get stuck and kind of hooked on on the idea phase? How do, how does How do you start to filter those ideas and actually get to the commitment part? I think it comes down to priorities. So a lot of people don't know what their main priorities are. Like like big picture priorities, not the everyday grind stuff. What are your big picture priorities? And that's really how you set your goals. So for me, for example, we are a home of special needs. So we need supports in place. Like um, we just started ordering HelloFresh because we're like, I'm so burnt out from everything. And my husband has a fatigue problem. So we need help with that. That costs money. He needs, he needs physiotherapy that costs money. I need a point. I need to go to the spa once in a while and like get away from everything that costs money. So financial abundance and security is a major goal for me because I know what, what it is that we want and what it is that we need. It all has to come from a place of priority. And when you know what your priorities are, you know how to set your goals. The problem is that most people are operating from the outside in instead of the inside out. So they're looking at the way things are now and letting that base their decisions for the future. But the way your circumstances right now are a reflection of your past thinking. So if you continue to think about where you are, that's where you stay. You have to think about where you're going and that directs your actions. If you, if you keep letting the outside, like, oh, it's a pandemic and nothing is going to happen and I can't do anything. And it's so hard to get a job. And and those thoughts, if you let those thoughts keep going in your head, that's the reality you're creating for yourself. There's, there's no other option. And that is hard for people to grasp. But you have to operate from the inside out and use your imagination, which, you know, we're taught from a school age to, to not use our imagination. It's one of the, the most important faculties that we have. You have to use your imagination to know where you're going. 
right? All the people who have achieved great things saw it in their imagination before it was real. They talked about it before it was a thing and everybody told them, well, that's not possible. That's not going to happen because it wasn't real in that moment, but they saw it and they made it happen. That's the way you have to operate. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think that's, no, that's, that's great though. That's, that's some great, um, that is a, a great place to end it. I think that little piece you had there, I think would be powerful for someone to go back and listen to again. I know that you feel like that was a lot, but there was a lot of, uh, powerful stuff. And I think it's just important because so many people, including myself, just have not been taught a lot of this. And there are people like yourself out there and, and, and you've learned that from a lot of the, these ideas from, um, really great, uh, successful people as well. I think it's there for all of us. It's just, unfortunately, the way that our society set up, you have to take some responsibility to learn persistence, learn how to set effective visions and goals and how to, to be persistent, uh, which is hard, but fulfilling. And that is one of the pillars of a fulfilling life. Um, it's an accountability piece. Right? Self-accountability? Yeah, self-accountability. Yeah. Nobody's going to give you the life you want. Nobody's going to give you what you need to be well. That's something that you have to give to yourself. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we sign off? I guess my only message would be that, you know, as difficult of a situation that we are in right now. And, and you know, when I am saying talking about possibilities, it's in no way saying that there's no struggle and there's no challenge and you shouldn't be experiencing that. But my hope is that you will see that there is hope and have faith that you can create a future that is better for yourself with the right tools and the right guidance and the right information. It's, it's there for you. And you just have to make a decision that that's what you want for yourself. Amazing. Thank you so much. Is there anywhere you'd like people to find you? Is there a best place that people can find you? Sure. Um, so I'm on social. Um, Instagram is where I like to hang out. Uh, at, oh. So uh, Instagram is a great place to find me, but LinkedIn is a great place for conversation as well. And there's a website coming. Well, maybe by the time this is up, there will be a link in the in in the show notes. Um, there will definitely be a link to information about the book that we talked about, the Wellness Universe Guide to Complete Self Care, and I will at least link to your Instagram or something so, so that people can connect with you and follow you. Um, you post a lot, um, at least on LinkedIn. I've seen you post a lot about this type of stuff uh, as as your content, so um, it's worthwhile to follow. Along.